roasts from the grave. It's about celebrating life, life to the full. King James says, the abundant life and life eternal. We are celebrating the day that ultimately led to the calendar that we now plan our, our lives by. Today is the year of our Lord, 2023, April the 9th. Easter is all about celebration, which is why these good folks sitting on the stage this morning have spent the last several weeks preparing uh, to reflect on the events of the cross through the medium of music. And uh, it's the lyrics, the songs that have been written over time that are share the message today. Some of the songs we'll sing are over 100 years old. Some of them are like four or five years old. None of them are brand new because we started to prepare this in 2020 just before the governor said we couldn't do it. And so here we are three years later. Uh, but all of these songs were written to tell the story that never changes. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus rose from the dead. And Jesus is coming again. Amen. 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 Today we reflect upon the most important event in the history of mankind. The death and resurrection of Jesus. The lyrics are going to appear on the screen as the DVD video is playing. You're welcome to sing along with us. You are highly encouraged to worship Jesus as we sing, to give him praise and honor and glory as we share these thoughts about Jesus in our songs.
baptized as John declared him the Lamb of God. Then for three years he traveled throughout the land, healing the sick, delivering the broken, and loving the outcasts. At last, the journey turned again to Jerusalem. At the end of the city, the crowds greeted him the way they were
talking about it today if that was the end of the story our faith in Jesus would be pointless <coughs> if that were the end of the story our sins would not be forgiven and we'd be lost forever but sometime before the third day dawn when it is
He's alive. Amen. He's alive and well. The old hymn says, and you ask me how I know he lives, and the answer, he lives within my heart. The next song we're going to sing, in my mind, takes us to what happened in heaven on the <coughs> Sunday morning. The Apostle John was allowed to see visions of heaven while he was on the Isle of Patmos. Visions of things that were soon come to pass. Visions of the message that, of Jesus Christ for the church for all ages. And he wrote in the fifth chapter, Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb as though it had been slain, with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent unto all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, the twenty-four elders, fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and have made them a kingdom and priests for God, and they shall reign on the earth. John heard the angel proclaim with a loud voice, who is worthy? He saw that there was only one found worthy, only one who could save us. When God needed a lamb to atone for our sins, Jesus alone.
him another round of applause. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. Worthy are you, Jesus. That's the song of heaven. The throne of God is ever surrounded by angelic beings of all kinds declaring holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. This narration began with the words, this is a story propelled by love. It's the story of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You heard me pray earlier in the service that each and every one of us would have a fresh spiritual encounter with the risen Savior. My prayer in the last few days has been that the Lord and the Holy Spirit would open our insight to another level regarding the person of Jesus. And I know that most of you know, at least intellectually, that he's more than a good person. He's more than just a teacher, a rabbi. But I remind you, he was God in the flesh. God in a human body. He was 100% human, but he was also 100% God. The Bible tells us that he was there in the beginning when God said, let us. And the Bible tells us he created everything, and without Him there was nothing created, and He's the one who holds it all together. He's the one who came from nowhere without anything, created everything. He's the one, God, who came to pl this planet to be one of us. Holy God. That means God needs nothing. He's complete. He is self-sufficient. But He's love. And in His love, He wanted creatures that He would give a free will in order to live in a reciprocal relationship of He loves us and we love Him. His desire is to be our God to be our Lord. But I love the word that's even more intimate than that, to be our Father. You see, God's plan is to create a, a forever family. And the only way to be a part of that forever family is to have a proper response to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The only way to be a part of the forever family is to have a proper response to the question, to the title song today. Is He worthy? Is he worthy? As I was reflecting upon that song in this moment, my mind went back through the scriptures, several instances that are very similar. The first one that came to my mind is Isaiah chapter 6, where on that particular day, the prophet Isaiah had a, had a vision. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. 
And he talks about the seraphim with their six wings and they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. He sees him in the temple courts and the place is shaking with God's presence. And he falls on his face and he cries, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. He's overcome by the glory and the majesty of God's presence. There's a story in the gospel of Simon Peter's first encounter, one of his first encounters with Jesus. It was the day that Jesus borrowed his boat to use as a platform to teach the people sitting on the seashore. And when the teaching was complete, Jesus turns to Simon Peter and says, let's launch out into the deep and go fishing. Peter says, we fished all night, Lord. That's when we fish and we caught no fish. But because you said so, we will do that. And they launch out into the deep and they put down their nets because Jesus said so. And they catch so many fish that they're not able to pull it into one boat and they have to call their partners on the shore to bring their boat and it takes two boats. And Peter realizes there's a miracle that just took place here. And he falls on his knees before Jesus and says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. He's overcome by the glory and the majesty of the presence of Jesus. Third picture came to my mind, and that was in the Revelation chapter 1, and we've already read from the fifth chapter, but John, as he begins those visions, in chapter 1, God brings him into the throne room, actually brings him into the room where Jesus is standing between the candlesticks that represent the seven churches of Asia Minor. And John describes him, and he can't really find normal words to describe him. And, as he, and then he said, I fell as if I were dead, overwhelmed by the presence and the glory of Jesus. He faints away. Each one of those men had a glimpse of the glory of God. Each of them bowed their knee and confessed, I am unworthy to be in your presence. Isaiah, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. But you know what the next thing we read is? An angel steps over to the altar where the incense is burning before the Lord and the fire is ever going and he takes a coal from off the altar and he touches Isaiah's lips and says, Your sins are forgiven. Your iniquities are gone. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin has been atoned for. He's transformed in that moment. And the Lord says, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here I am. Send me. And for the next four decades or so, he spoke as a prophet of God and from the city of Jerusalem to Judah. He spoke to the, to the nation of Israel. The word of the Lord. Peter fell at his feet and said, Jesus, depart from me. I'm a sinner. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just follow me. From now on, I will make you a fisher of men. You know what? That's exactly what happened to Peter. He spent his life. In fact, he gave his life preaching the gospel story. 
John fainted at the sight of the glory of Jesus and in the midst of the candlesticks that represented the churches. But Jesus himself put his hand on John's shoulders and said, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore the things that you have seen. There's another story in Acts chapter 9 in your Bible. Another man who had an encounter with Jesus. His name was Saul. He was a Pharisee in the Jewish culture. A persecutor of people who had faith in Jesus Christ as to being the Son of God and the promised Messiah. He was on his way to the city of Damascus from Jerusalem to arrest anybody he could find who claimed that they were a follower of Jesus. When suddenly... He was surrounded by a bright light from heaven focused directly on him. And he fell to the ground. And he heard this voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So, Saul, who are you? I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Rise, go into the city. I have a mission for you. And eventually the Lord reveals... You're to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And so he did. He was so transformed by his encounter with Jesus and the life that followed that we don't know him as Saul of Tarsus. We know him as the Apostle Paul, author of 13 books of the New Testament. So much of what we know and understand about our salvation through Jesus Christ is because Saul was transformed in the presence of Jesus. And he wrote down what God revealed to him. So I asked Paul, is Jesus worthy of blessing, honor, and glory? In one of his letters, Paul made this statement after he listed all the benefits that he had been born with. Born a Jew of the Jews, born a Roman citizen, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But he said, I count it all loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. He goes on to say, everything I gained before knowing Christ, I count it as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Is he worthy, Paul? Paul said, my number one goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and to share in his sufferings. He went on to say, forgetting what is behind. All his accomplishments, all the trials, all the sins, everything that's behind. He said, I press toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, is he really worthy? Paul wrote words to this effect. After we really consider everything that Jesus did to bear the wrath of God in our place, after Jesus, the one and only Son of God Most High, laid aside His rights as equal to God and lived as a man for the express purpose of paying the lost demands for our disobedience to God, for our disobedience, for our dishonoring God, for not even caring about God. Paul said the only logical response 
The only right response to the Easter message that Jesus died for me and God raised him from the dead and that sacrifice was sufficient for whoever believes in the heart and confesses Jesus with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. He wrote, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Is Jesus worthy of all blessing, honor, and glory? Is Jesus worthy of your worship on a Sunday morning? The fact that you are here may be an indicator that you believe He's worthy of at least that much. But the Scripture said He's worthy of all blessing and all honor. Paul's Romans 12, 1, he's saying he's worthy of your whole life, your whole heart, being totally committed to live for him. Jesus said, if anyone's going to be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus is worthy of all my worship. He's worthy of all of me. He's worthy of all of you. Choir has one final medley in the presentation that we're going to sing. The first part of this medley is a song, Build My Life, written by Pat Barrett and Matt Redman and two or three other guys. It's a song based upon what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, and it's recorded part of that message. I don't know if it's the same day or another time he taught the same message in Luke 6. In Luke 6, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built on a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately fell, and the ruin of the house was great. Is he worthy of building your life on him? Are you planted firmly on the rock with the house you are building? The life you're building? Is he worthy of being your foundation? Think about it as we sing.
song commitment says.
those individuals who pray that for them from a heart of sincerity. Maybe not understanding everything, but understanding that there's something here, there's something going on in this room today that tells me I need Jesus. Lord, make yourself so real to me. Lord, that, that seed has been planted in our heart, that commitment they just made. I pray that the Holy Spirit will protect the heart and mind as they leave this place today. And if that would find good, solid soil to grow from, and Lord, that they would dig into you and dig into your word, begin to know you. I thank you for every believer here today. Well, we're reminded on this Easter Sunday, our number one job is to go and tell somebody else he's alive. He lives, and he can live in our heart. So, Lord, I pray that in the coming days, in this city, we see an outpouring of your spirit and love that causes people to come to that place that the men I talked about in the scriptures where they fall on their knees and confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. My Savior. Thank you for the hope that we have today. No matter what happens to us, we win. Yes, amen. Because yes. you rose, we're going to rise. Yes, thank forever you. Forever and forever. Thank you, thank you for that today, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. amen. We're so grateful that you're here today. Um, if you prayed that prayer, I just prayed with you a few months ago for the first time. And I beat you in the back of our book. Just say I prayed with her. I found the book that I'd like to give it to you. Happy Easter to you. We'll do it again at 11 if you want to come back.